We turn to the Gospel of John today in the 10th chapter, and this is what happens. At the time the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem, it was winter. And Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you, and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me, but you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my Father has given me is greater than all else, and no one can snatch it out of the Father's hand. The Father and I are one. Join me in a prayer. Bless us in this time, O Lord. Bless us in this gathering amongst these people, this family. Pluck us out of our messy lives and remind us of the hope that comes in this season of Easter. This season of hope, this season of the impossible. Like the song at the beginning of our worship says, draw us close to you. In Christ's name, amen. Jim never has a second cup of coffee at home. Have you ever heard that line? You remember that line? Maybe you don't remember it. Maybe you do. If you do remember that line, it comes from an old commercial. I mean, like years ago when I was a kid. That's long time, you know. An old commercial is a coffee commercial, right? And it starts off with this couple at a party, and they're leaving, and the host comes to the couple and says, oh, don't leave. Can't you just stay for another cup of coffee? And the wife says, well, no, we really should be going. And anyway, Jim never has a second cup. And of course, Jim leans in because the coffee's so good and says, I think I will have a second cup of coffee. And it pans to the wife, and in her mind, she says, well, that's funny. Jim never has a second cup at home, and because their coffee's not as good. And, of course, they change coffees. And anyway, the line caught wind in the social world, and it got to be kind of the brunt of many jokes. And we would say it when someone would do something that 
you didn't expect. And it even made a movie. It made the comedy spoof movie Airplane, if you remember Airplane. And they get the same actress. I looked this up. Thank God for YouTube. And the same actress from the commercial plays the spouse of a couple on the plane. And the flight attendant, of course, comes and says, would you like another cup? And she says, well, I'll take another cup. But Jim never has a second cup. And, of course, he leans in and says, I think I will have a second cup. And that's funny. Jim never has a second cup at home. And then they just go ballistic from there. Later on, he eats the fish, which, by the way, don't ever eat fish on an airplane, for crying out loud. Anyway, he eats the fish, and he gets sick, and he throws up in the barf bag, and it pans to the wife. Jim never throws up at home. I mean, it just goes, and we laugh, right? Because it's funny. Why do we laugh? We laugh at that stuff because it points out a truth about us. That particular joke points out the truth that no matter how much we think we know someone else, we really don't. Never has a second cup at home, you know. There's always something new. Think about it. How often has someone you know, like a spouse, a a sibling, your best friend, that you know so well that you can almost finish their sentences for them, how often do they do something? It's happened. They do something completely contrary to what you would think they would ever do, completely surprise you. People are complex and funny and quirky. We'll do stuff that you don't expect just to spite you. Like when a family goes to the, a restaurant and they've picked out their, and it's one of their favorite spots they go to all the time. They have the conversation on the way, you know. Well, what are you going to have? I don't know. I'm trying to think of what. Well, we all know what dad's going to have because he gets the same thing every time. Well, don't you know what dad's going to do this time? He had something completely different. I think I'll have the side salad. Well, that's funny. Dad never had side salad at home. You know, just because. People are funny. We, there's a certain unpredictability that comes along with who we are. We have shades of ourselves that we don't always show other people, even those closest to us. Now, that's the thought that I think we should have when we read the conversation, the story we just read from John. The conversation happens during the festival of the dedication, Hanukkah. Hanukkah means dedication. It's the time when the Jewish people, they still do it every year, celebrate the rededication of the temple in 164 BCE after it was uh, had been rebuilt and after it had been destroyed by Antioch. Still celebrate that today. It's a remembrance that God brings you home, right? It's that time. So it's during that, that great celebration, and the people are getting antsy. They've been following Jesus around. They're getting antsy. 
And so they're starting to press on him to tell, be more clear about who he is to him, if he's the Messiah or not. You know, after all, they've been seeing him heal, and they've heard him teach, and they've seen him do all kinds of things. And if you're the Messiah, just tell us plainly, they say. Just tell us, for crying out loud. Let's just get this over with. And, of course, he does. He says, I have told you, but you don't believe me. You don't believe me. And then he says that line that just leaps off the page. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. I don't know about you, but that line not the only place he says lines like that. It's that. That line just grabs me. My sheep hear my voice. Grabs hold of me and as soon as I hear it, it just makes me wonder, do we really? Do we really know Jesus? Do we really hear his voice? You might think of this conversation in John's gospel as John's way of bringing that very question back to us one more time, which is why we often read it after Easter, because it might as well have been put at the end of John's gospel rather than at the beginning, because that, fun, that question is so fundamentally central to it. It's the very same question that the disciples ask when they see the risen Christ. Just who is Jesus Christ and what does it mean for my life? Who is Jesus Christ and what does that mean for my life? What am I supposed to do with that? And every resurrection encounter, whether they say it out loud or imply it by the tone of the story, you can feel it's there. Who is this and what does this mean for us? Who is Jesus Christ? And of course, he says it himself. I'm the shepherd and you are the sheep. You're the sheep. We're the sheep. We're the, we're the followers. We're the, we're the learners. We are in the business of learning and following Jesus Christ. No matter how much we succeed or fail at that. It's a, it's a relationship. Which, which means that sometimes we will feel like we, we know who Jesus is and sometimes we will feel like we don't. It's part of what being in a relationship means. Sometimes you'll hear a story that you feel like you hadn't heard about him before or you'll hear a sermon and lift up some aspect of Christ. You're like, I never thought of Jesus that way before. Or you'll, hear a, you'll read a quote of his like, like you know, oh, let's just take an easy one. Love your enemies. And you'll ask yourself, did he really mean that? Is that what he really meant? How in the world can I do that? I'm beginning to see Jesus in a way I never saw him before. So I'm just with one line, one line, and all it takes. 
Jesus never has a second cup at home. <laughs> right? That's what being in relationships all about. Means being open to the surprises that come along with it. Means being open to the gift of discovering the other. Seeing new things in other people that never seen before. My wife, Denise, has a friend uh, named Lisa. They've been close friends since college. And a few years back, actually a number of years ago now, uh, Lisa's dad died of cancer. And one day in the year that followed, Lisa calls Denise and says, says this. She says, um... So, uh, uh, my mom wants to take us to Las Vegas. What? What? Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I, I don't know. She, she says she's always wanted to go to Las Vegas, and Dad would never let her go. So, she wants to take us, and she wants to go. Well, I never knew she wanted to go to Las Vegas. And me either, but... But there it is. So they went. And they had a ball. You know, they play nickel slots and sit out by the pool and let the people bring them little drinks. And they just have a great, had a great time. And every year, they've done it again. It's become an annual tradition that they go, just the three of them. Something changed, you see. And all of a sudden, they began to see a side of Lisa's mother that they never saw before. On occasion, I've shared with you that my dad is a recovering alcoholic. And, of course, my mom was the rock through all of that. But when I was a kid, my dad was unpredictable, completely unpredictable. And when I came home from school, my first hope would be that my dad wouldn't be there. But then when I'd see his car, my next inner conversation would be, is he drunk or is he sober? Is he in a good mood or is he going to be in a bad mood? Is he going to joke with me or is he going to yell at me for no reason? Who am I going to get? He was incapable of loving. Incapable of love at the time. And then something changed. In what can only be described as God's intervening hand, my dad kind of woke up one day and, and he, instead of working on his next drink, he began to work on his next step in his 12-step recovery work in sobriety. He's been doing that ever since. And let me tell you, in the years that followed, in those early years, my brother and my sister and I began to see a side of my father that we had never seen before. We began to see that side of him that was capable of love, capable 
of being the kind of father who was there when you need him most. People will do that just when you think you know them. They'll surprise you. I'd like to think of this conversation we just read between Jesus and the people today as that great reminder that we are in the business of learning and following Jesus Christ, that we are the sheep, that it's a relationship, you see. That's, that's the great reminder of this tale today, that it's a, a relationship, and that part of being in a relationship is being open to the surprises that come along with it. And yet, this is no ordinary relationship. What makes this particular relationship unique is something my old professor said in a commentary on this very passage. He said, when you hear the words of Jesus, you're hearing the words of God. When you are learning to follow Jesus, you are learning to follow God. When you experience something beyond yourself that you would call Christ, you are experiencing God when you're in a relationship with Jesus Christ, you're in relationship with God. So as you hear the stories told, as you listen to the words that he says, may you see new things, new shades, new sides. May you see God in a whole new way. Bend your ear to the ground. Listen for the voice of the shepherd. Let God in Jesus Christ surprise you.